0: Atlanta, who loves you? Dukes and Bell, we are for the people. And we're down here on the south side hanging out with the people at Ace Hardware, Old National Highway. Uh, We just met the owners, and man... Uh, black owned business, love it down here. And the fact is, brother Mike, he was like, I uh, have two businesses in the uh, in the vicinity. I have a, a UPS store and I also have a, uh, yes, this is my, this is all my A store here. I was like, wow, this Andy, dude is taking over. And he's opening up a McDowell's down the street.
1: <laughs> Come visit the Golden Arcs.
0: So it's good to be down here, man. Running into so many uh, people down here. <clears throat> it's been a good day already. It's about to get a lot better as Tony Wrestler's is going to join us. Hawk's owner. And when I asked the question a few weeks ago when, you know, all these press conferences were happening and I said, where is the owner? All right. This is what I was talking about. When, you're, when your franchise is going through change, as our Hawks have, owners speak, or at least they should. So I commend Tony Wrestler for coming on this show this show exclusively and talking to us about all the things that are going on with his organization. And by the way, this, we're not trying to, to grill our owner. Mm -hmm. We just want answers just like everybody else in Atlanta. Like, Hey, what's going on with our team and our coach and our behind the scenes, general manager situation we just like everybody else. So hopefully we get those answers for you guys today. We push forward, Mike. They play tonight against the Blazers. Uh, again, Trey is probable for yeah, tonight's game. He's been
1: upgraded, which is good. He's been dealing with a groin injury apparently, and that takes a minute. So hopefully Trey can give you 100% tonight too. I hope so. And by the way, as this goes,
0: we know we're currently at least in playoff position. I don't right. like the fact that we're in the play-in. But as we continue to get towards the end of the season, for me, we just we got to keep building to feel better about – whomever we're going to play. Mike, if it's the Sixers, if we're, you know, the sixth spot or the seventh spot, whoever it is. But that process has got to happen over these next 20 games. And they finally got a couple of practices in with Quinn Snyder uh, these last couple of days, which they weren't able to do. Literally, Quinn flew in, was right. introduced, and then was on the, on the sideline uh, the night of the first game.
1: It was a frustrating loss because some of the things we said earlier, just we've seen this over the course of the last year and a half, a lack of defense, the fourth quarter, things kind of you lose a little bit of your composure in the half court, things kind of degenerate into like isolation ball. And that's something, we know, again, Snyder's not going to be able to fix all of that overnight, but that was a game which you, again, you had an eight-point lead. You still had a lead late in the fourth quarter, and you couldn't see it through.
0: So we'll see what happens tonight. We're going to talk more about the game, uh, what changes might be made as they continue to to play. I mean, Mike, the rotations are going to get smaller. Maybe we don't see as much Jalen Johnson as we did. He didn't play a lot in the first game. I'm not sure what the big picture plan is for Quinn Snyder as he continues to make changes to his rotation. and, And also you know, how he's going to use guys.
1: And again, is Capella becoming more of the focal point? Because, again, he's not Rudy Gobert, but are you going to try to maybe see a little more of him? And John Collins, this was the great question. How do you get the most out of John Collins? $25 million a year? You want to get more than just throwing up the occasional three and kind of cleaning up on pick and rolls. And what is his role in a Quinn Snyder team going to be? And, again, does Quinn Snyder evaluate this? and perhaps there's some pieces that are not going to be here next season
0: yeah no doubt i do think there's going to be some turnover but who that will be we'll have to wait and see 404-741-0929 it is our solomon brothers diamond text line as we await tony wrestler to talk with him also coming up we'll get to an nfl blitz uh it is a hashtag dukes and bell tailgated home some guys already sending pictures man what they're doing this week and, and tailgating and we're at ace hardware where i was just over there looking at the grills i'm not gonna to lie to you guys i was over there checking out the uh the eggs and the Traegers. They got the new Traegers. Have you seen the new Traegers, bro, by the way? New Traegers over there. I mean, I'm like, I'm probably going to leave here with something. I'm sure I am. Just letting you guys know. All right, man. Coming up, Tony Wrestler, Also, Chuck Smith. We normally do him in the 2 o'clock hour. Um, and I'll let Chuck announce if he wants to where he's at. But he had to be pushed back today. Kind mm-hmm. of a cool thing for him uh, to be attending where he's going. And then we're going to talk to him about all these guys at the combine. He's been giving us the names and telling us who to watch. Yesterday, we got a little taste of that with the D linemen and how these guys looked. And, Mike, if we're still at eight, I still feel really good, by the way, about the, the choices right. we're going to have sitting at eight with the Falcons. If we move or we don't move, if we stay right at eight, I still like all the potential things that could happen with our draft
1: pick. Yeah, I know that uh, I'd love to get pass rush, and we're going to see you get more and more information now. I don't know if, as Nolan's, is Nolan now a top ten guy for you? I mean, I mean, you can argue, as of course, but Billy said it wasn't 100% healthy. 4-3? This is the kind of stuff which is freakish. And you and I said to Chuck the other day, before all this went down, at least 40 times, is there a Micah Parsons in this draft? Well, that's the kind of stuff that goes, yeah, yeah. that could be your Micah Parsons. I mean, And again, I hate to get into the comp thing, but you're looking at guys who have a certain style of play and a physicality and ability. Boy, he's showing out.
0: No, he, that, that was money yesterday. And, you know, again, tomorrow, Bryce Young yeah. is going to be measured. And that's going to be a big, big topic of conversation. We're going to see where it goes. Let's shift gears and talk to the owner of our Atlanta Hawks. His name is Tony Ressler, and he joins us here exclusively on Dukes and Bell. And, Tony, first and foremost, good afternoon. How are you?
2: Hello. I'm better now. I don't know. Something's going <laughs> on with the phone.
0: It's all good, Tony. Gotcha. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to start. I just want to allow you to clear up any misunderstandings about the organization when it comes to Travis's situation or Nate or anything that you might want to clear the air on, because I think there's been a lot of stuff out there, and we haven't had a chance to hear from you. so I'd like for you to do that first.:
2: Well, I appreciate the the opportunity, as they say. Uh, I thought giving an interview in the beginning of the season and at the end of the season was enough, uh, at least for the ownership, because frankly, I thought most people prefer to hear from the GM and from the head coach and from the players. Uh, about how we're doing. But in this particular instance, obviously, I should have spoken earlier. And the simple answer is I thought our basketball operations could be run better than it was. And I thought we could have far more communication, far better collaboration, which, of course, would lead to far better decision-making. And that's why I made the change. Um, and for what it's worth, I think our front office today, led by Landry Fields and his assistant GM, Kyle Corver, is running much better than it ever was, couldn't be more delighted, and they came to me wanting to make a coaching change, explained to me who and how and why. I embraced it entirely, and for what it's worth, Quinn Snyder is our new coach, and I couldn't be more delighted with what's going on in our front office, Uh, particularly with Landry, Kyle, and Quinn. And I think we have uh, again. Rome was not built in a day. We certainly believe we're moving in the right direction, but we are trying to build something special, and it's going to take us a while. But we're moving in the right direction, and we couldn't be happier.
1: It is Hawks owner Tony Ressler with us guys on the WaitFor.com hotline. You kind of touched on it, Tony, but a lot of our listeners were asking, how involved are you in the decision-making process? You know, is it leave it, leave it to the basketball folks, or do you call up? Especially you've given up all these contracts. I know you're expecting results.
2: Well. Again, under the category of not speaking publicly that often, my job is to put the best people possible in charge of both business operations and basketball operations at the Atlanta Hawks. And our front office has made every meaningful decision made by the Atlanta Hawks, which I have challenged and embraced ultimately. But our senior professionals make all of our most important basketball and business decisions. And my job is to challenge and make sure we have the best people possible in the senior-most positions. And that's why I made the change, and it's the people in charge that are making those decisions, and I'm supporting them, I hope, every step of the way and trying to certainly make sure we run the best business that we can run.
0: Tony Ressler, our guest here on Dukes and Bell. Hawks owner Hawks play the Blazers tonight down at State Farm Arena. Tony, one of the things that's been reported and I want to get your thoughts on this, your your opinions on it is that your son's is is a part of our front office now. Your son Nick. And I'm my question to you is does he have power making decisions or decision making power for the organization?
2: The, the simple answer is no, but more importantly, whoever listen I appreciate that if I don't speak publicly, other people can create stories for themselves or for others. This is a big business. I have people in charge that I think are superb. I actually think my son's doing a fantastic job helping me understand or better understand both our business and basketball operations. But we have a GM, and an assistant GM. That's disrespectful to them for you to uh, say that for however that has gotten created. Uh, It's an untrue statement. It's actually unfair to the folks that are decision makers. And the good news is we have the most collaborative and communicative front office that we've ever had. And so I guess I like I'm to, giving yeah. you a long-winded answer. I'm saying no, <laughs> no it's not no, true. No, that's why I want to
0: Tony, that's what we <clears> we want <throat> to ask. We want you to be able to answer the question because only you know. I mean, we've asked I've the got, owner, I've, got I've got
2: partners. I've got partners, I've got owners, I've got other senior management. Please understand, you should accuse me and have every right of making bad decisions. <laughs> but please don't accuse me of delegating the decision making. Uh, that could happen at some point in the future, and I promise you, if it does and when it does, I'll tell you very clearly that I'm no longer in charge.
1: Gotcha. And again, a lot of this goes back to an article that came out in The Athletic about uh, two months ago. That's what we're talking about where the whole conversation got started. Tony wrestles is with us, guys. <laughs> uh, what about Trey? We talked about responsibility and leadership. Do you think he is uh, bringing that to this team?
2: Trey's an incredible player. Uh, but when it comes to how... And which players to talk about and the basketball, what we're trying to achieve on the floor, what we're trying to build. That's what Landry, that's what Kyle, and that's what Quinn, and frankly, that's what the players should be talking about. But if you're asking me, am I a fan of Trey Young? He's extraordinary. Um, So we have to, as a team, and we have to, as a franchise, get better. That's what I'm trying to do.
0: Where does the leadership come from? In your opinion, being the owner, overseeing all of this, and and you talk about having collaborative uh, collaborative front office, where does the leadership come from?
2: Well, again, this is one of the reasons I actually appreciate having a few minutes on this. Listen, um, my role is to make sure I put the best possible people in charge and delegate to them the most important decisions and challenge those decisions. And when people suggest we run this organization in any other way, uh, I take exception because it's just not true. So the idea of having the best possible basketball operations led by Landry Field, that's what I tried to do. Having the best possible business operations led by Steve Coonan. that's what I tried to do. And hopefully that makes our franchise move in the same direction and, and very simply ownership. A front office, a coaching staff, and a roster that's all communicating, that's where better decisions get made. Right obviously to give a
1: guy like quinn snyder that kind of contract and by the way congratulations on getting quinn snyder because he was going to be a hot commodity in the offseason you you basically skunked the rest of the league if they were going to hire quinn uh and uh, i know we we already talked a lot about the decision making process but uh when they mentioned quinn snyder were you like yes let's do this and was it also about salvaging the season not also just looking ahead to the next year and beyond
2: i don't know if it was salvaging the season but Uh, Taking responsibility or credit for bringing in Quinn, just please understand. uh, I brought in Landry, who elevated Kyle to be the assistant GM. They came to me and said they thought we should make a coaching change for a whole bunch of reasons that made sense to me, and then decided who they wanted to speak to, who they wanted to go after, who was their first choice, and how they wanted to go about it. I embraced their perspective entirely, and we are where we are, and I must say – I'm delighted. So, uh, I do think Landry and Kyle thought a change was necessary. I do think uh, we're trying to walk before we run, as they say. Uh, But we couldn't be happier with uh, Quinn as our head coach. And uh, I congratulate Landry and Kyle for making that happen in the right way and uh, in the right fashion.
0: Tony Ressler does not do this, guys. And I want to be clear. He said he speaks at the beginning, at the end of the season, but today he's making an appearance on Dukes and Bell because he thinks it's important for him to speak to Atlanta and the fans of the Hawks to let you guys know what's been going on with his team. And I want to point that out, Tony, so we thank you. Um, Are you you disappointed that you gave out all of these big contracts and we've not gotten the results? You've taken care of a lot of guys on this team, um, and, and we've not necessarily built on the momentum that we had just a few seasons ago.
2: Uh, I look at it, this is a business, and as far as I'm concerned, it's a business that has uh, such a, a, an obsession for me and hopefully for many of our fans. Uh, I'm just upset that we're 500 right now. and that we're, uh, I'm not upset about any contract. I'm upset that we're not uh, maybe as good as we could be uh, because I think every single player, from what I could tell, every coach, uh, every member of the front office, uh, everybody wants to be better. That's the nature of the NBA. That's the beauty of the NBA. So my frustration is just, uh, at least today, I feel like we're moving in the right direction. And I do feel we could be better. And yes, I'm trying to put people in positions of authority that I think can make us better.
1: Tony wrestles with us, guys, talking about the Hawks in action tonight right here on the game against the Blazers. I know that uh, we've talked about uh, your role in the organization. You delegate, let the guys pick the right guys, let them do the work. The idea of the luxury tax—I know it's kind of top-heavy in the league. When Herder got traded to Sacramento, it kind of the perception was we didn't want to get in the luxury tax. Do you have as, as an owner parameters when your general manager says, "Okay, now is like a poker game; we got to go all in," or because at some point we maybe need to spend to get better results?
2: I've never in my life suggested we make a trade to get in or out of the luxury tax. So there should be no confusion. Never. Uh, my view about the luxury tax is. Uh, delighted to be in it for the right reasons and as far as i'm concerned if we're in the luxury tax i hope we're a better team and i'm prepared to go into the luxury tax whenever our shall we say senior most professional think it's a good idea and anything to the contrary would be untrue
0: okay okay and and that luxury tax question has been asked a lot And, and again hearing it from you clears things up Is there anything you want to tell Hawks fans, uh, the supporters of this team and people who absolutely love this team and and with all the turnover change that's happened? Is there anything you want to say to Hawks Nation?
2: Well, I I think I owe an apology that uh, we did make a change at the head of our basketball ops and I didn't speak publicly about it. I, I thought it was just a statement of the obvious, which is I was trying to do what I thought was best for our franchise and for our front office. Uh, but to suggest that anyone else made this decision, uh, it, it's just uh, one untrue. And I deserve to be criticized for the decisions, but not for delegating any of those decisions or, uh, or hiding from any of those decisions. And that's just untrue and inappropriate.
0: Tony Wrestler, we appreciate your time today. Good luck tonight. We will be watching. You can listen right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Again, we know you don't normally do these things, so we appreciate your time.
2: Let's get a win tonight. Appreciate the time.
0: Thank you. Tony Wrestler guys. Now, Mike and I will come back, and we'll talk about some of the things that he said. Some people are already hitting us up saying, okay, he's very clear that he has hired the people to make the decisions, but is he saying that he is not involved in these decisions? We'll talk about it. Stay right there. It's Dukes and Bell. Certainly telling him how he feels about things that Mm. are going on with the organization. If that's just a father and son conversation in the car, that's one thing. But if that father-son conversation then leads to decisions that are made with the organization because of the influence of his son, that's another conversation. And right now, I think there are people who are like, uh, Dean hits us up. They put him up C. Dukes and Mike Bell ATL. And he says, I'm not convinced that the son is not making decisions by his answer. He's saying that that's not the case. It's disrespectful to the GM and the assistant GM, the guys who do make the decisions. But, Mike, it is his son. And and I don't debate that they have conversations about what's happening with the organization. Right. My question that I feel like I, I didn't necessarily get what I wanted or needed right. from Tony was, are these just son, you know, dad and son conversations or is, is he walking into these meetings and saying, hey, my dad and I spoke
1: about this and this is how we feel. And that's what I think a lot of the listeners feel and what they, how they were, you know, we were asked the question. I didn't get the answer. I, I was generally, like, if I'm honest, looking for because I want a little more specificity about where this goes. Yeah, I mean... We got a lot of we got a lot of cooks making the stew. There's a lot of there's a lot of folks involved in this now. He says there's great communication, great collaboration, yes. and sometimes there are teams that have done it that way. But there's other teams where it's one guy and it's his voice, and it's a Theo Epstein or it's a you know you take your guys to run baseball organizations or a football organization, and it's interesting. This can work. I do think give the give the organization credit to go get uh, Quinn Snyder is a hell of a move. But I'm still I'm still confused in how decisions get made. Is that fair? It is.
0: Um, and I, you didn't really
1: bring clarity to that, well, to, your, to your question.
0: And, and listen, you know, this is why we have these guys on. We want to answer. We want to hear their answers, and hopefully we get everything we need. And sometimes hmm. you, you don't. I mean, sometimes you feel a little empty. And that's fine. Again, I appreciate him coming on and trying to clear the air with a lot of the stuff that's been going on. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We're talking about Tony Ressler, Mm -hmm. who just joined us uh, exclusively here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Let's hear what he said about Trey. Is Trey doing enough? Is Trey being responsible enough?
2: Trey's an incredible player. Uh, But when it comes to how and which players to talk about and the basketball, what we're trying to achieve on the floor, what we're trying to build – that's what Landry, that's what Kyle, and that's what Quinn, and frankly, that's what the players should be talking about. But if you're asking me, why, am I a fan of Trey Young? He's extraordinary. Um, so we have to, as a team, and we have to, as a franchise, get better. That's what I'm trying to do.
1: Yeah, I know that the one thing also came up in the conversation. It does seem like uh, part of the getting Quinn Snyder here and Kyle Corbett had a big part of that. Yes. And, and Kyle's growing involvement, which I got no problem with. A lot of folks like the fact that, you know, Corver, like he's, he's inexperienced as an executive, but he certainly knows the basketball and he knows the league.
0: 404-741-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. We're live today, by the way. Ace Hardware, old National Highway. I just tweeted a picture. A bunch of listeners that come out and – we, we love our listeners, man. We love the support that you guys mm. give us. And so uh, we want to show our appreciation as we're down here on the south side. Coming up 4 o'clock, we're going to head to the Combine, find out the latest from Brandon Cristall, who's up there covering it. That is on the way, but uh, we're talking about Tony Wrestler's comments, and, and we want to know what you think and how you feel about what you heard with the organization. Mike, he also talks about in that first soundbite where he says, you know, he feels good about where things are. We still have to win. We still got to win playoff games. We still got to win conference championships. We still have to win and compete for chips. We're not there yet, but he's saying he feels better about the way things are flowing Mm -hmm. in the front. And I'm glad. That's fine. But that's got to lead to chips. That's got to lead to bigger opportunities and more wins.
1: Yeah, I asked him about the, uh, you know, luxury tax. Are we ever going to get into that? Because, you know, let's be honest. I think there's a time when this team is rolling. Someone would have said, you double down on 21, yep. and let's go spend a little bit more. And, look, in, in his defense, he has given John Collins a contract. They did give DeAndre Hunter a contract. They did not give Herter a contract, which got everyone starting to say, well, then are we serious? Because we could use more bench scoring and, you know, this is where you get into the luxury tax level. I'm not saying you got to spend like the elites like the Golden State Warriors, but I guess the I guess the message to the fans is when the time is right they will go make that commitment. But, you know, it's it's just something fans want to see cuz it's it's become the cost of doing business and winning championships in the NBA. The luxury tax. Period. Yeah, cuz yeah. cuz what happens
0: is you go get veteran guys, right? You're paying your stars. And we got
1: a very young team. We do. And
0: then you are going to pay to go over the luxury tax to right. bring in those extra pieces. Golden State did it. I mean, you know, you look at the teams that have been competitive for a championship, it's kind of where they've been. Mm. Dallas, you know, they're they're like us right now. I mean, the the Kyrie thing, I don't know if that's going to work, but they're trying to figure out, like, what's going to work around Luka Mm. and how this is going to move forward. And I think we're at a similar place, Mike. We thought a couple of years ago may not be the formula right. what, what we're going to ultimately
1: win with. I mean, look at the Lakers—they threw everything at it this year. And now LeBron's banged up, and Anthony Davis is back in a suit, and everything's going right off the rails. So, you know, sometimes when you when you do it, you know, you're paying—you're going to be paying for that years down the road. And you come up ways—they're not even in the play—not even like locked in no. into a play-in spot right now in LA.
0: All right, more to get to, guys. Coming up again, we'll head to the combine. We got uh, our tailgate at home. Yeah, man, no man live. Ace hardware off of Old National Highway. And once
1: again, man, it's so cool to see our listeners. Some guys we haven't seen in a minute, some guys we're meeting for the first time. And then it's fun. With, I love when people like, we had a lady right here, she goes, Is that Squid Billy? And then takes the picture with Squid Billy, bonds with Squid Billy. It's the Squid Billy experience.
0: Yeah. What I like is how this dude just went to
1: his truck and got out the W sauce. Yeah. That's big time. I like that. I like that. <laughs> That's big time right there. No, I mean, we're having some great conversations. We had one guy, because he goes, the guy, Big dude, too. I mean, this guy goes, I'll tell you what we do. We're going to drop down. we go get a big lineman, and we trade back up. We get Darnell Washington. <laughs> that, that <laughs> I'm like, okay, that sounds great. Your lips to God's ears, man. I'm down with it, man.
0: Everybody likes Darnell <laughs> Washington. All right, we're coming back. Yeah, man, no man's on the way. We're live on the South Side. We got... People. Yes. Matter of fact, South Fulton showing up, and I'm talking about 50 down here, yeah. representing Dukes and Bell. I just want to let y'all know, we got people. Well, right. we
1: knew there was going to be a huge response. I mean, there's a big crowd outside looking at us right now, Carl, and <laughs> law enforcement is here. <laughs> All right, man. We got plenty more to get to. We're going to head to the Combine. Thank you, sir, for coming by. Appreciate you. Uh,
0: we will uh, talk to Brandon Cristal up at the Combine. A lot of stuff going on today up there as well, including... Stetson Bennett addressing the media. We'll talk about all the quarterback stuff. It's on the way. Right now, let's get to Yeah Man, No Man. It's time for Yeah Man, No
3: Man. Kind of makes me wonder why the hell so many people are trying to tell me to slow down. Seems like we should be shutting the hell up and enjoying the show. He's six foot one. Not really. From Florida.
0: Kennesaw State. And gives rapid fire questions. <laughs> it's the executive
1: producer of the Dukes and Bell Show, Bo by the W-Sauce, America's Worcestershire Sauce, Bigger, Better, Boulder. All right,
0: Bo Morgan, you've got your fan base down here. You've got the W-Sauce out on the table.
3: Yeah, I've had to go to the truck multiple times. I'm running out of W-Sauce, so... Uh, you need to re-up? Yeah, I'm going to have to re-up in some boxes, so Matt... Uh, I think
1: when, if we're going to continue our Southside Tour, we do need bring a keg of hayman a lot of guys said where's the beer at which is i understand we, you know we just we weren't sure about the permitting but now the local law enforcement all listens to the show i think we've
0: would been okay well here's the funny thing and you know it's like when we roll up places people are like where's the beer brother i don't have a keg in my car <laughs> you know they think like we got we got a <laughs> tap uh, you can carry a car. six-pack oh every
3: time right. mike's on vacation he's got pictures of his man on the beach they don't have any in his car i brought w sauce with me and i'm not even uh, it's not my retirement fund
1: well, again, you know, I mean, you're also making – what Carl, what's he making, $2,500 a month on this deal? Yeah, good deal God. Yeah, that anyway. would be more
3: than my salary per month. Anyway. Yeah, thanks for thanks for throwing that out there. Squidbilly.
1: Hey, man, so um, what's going down?
3: All right, I got a couple of things. This this morning, me and uh, Dylan Matthews were doing Peachtree football. A.K.A. Right? Dylon. Yeah, and we were talking about um, Combine and the Georgia players there and all this stuff, and he said uh, – he goes, you know – You're sitting there at eight. You take Nolan Smith? And I said, you're damn right I would. And let me tell you why. He is a little bit smaller than Micah Parsons, maybe 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. I think he went to the combine at 6'3", 238. Parsons played at 6'3", plays it last year at 6'3", 250. Faster. Was this team's pure pass rusher at one point in time in uh, the 21 season. And last year, you know, he kind of got hurt. The defense was better with him. He's the leader. How many Georgia defensive studs are you going to pass up before you take one? And, by the way, all I've heard since we took Kyle Pitts is that we didn't take Micah Parsons.
1: But, again, you've got to go back and remember, if you do and you redraft right now, that draft, Micah Parsons goes number one. But you've got to remember, he was slated, and everything he did pre-draft was anywhere between 11 to 20, and the boys took him at 11. So he would have now, had we taken him at the time, yes, in hindsight, that's the guy, because we haven't had a stud defensive player on this. Well, shoot, you can count him on one hand over the last two decades. But it would have been a reach. Now, you, you trade down, we always talk about trade down. A trade down, Carl, that takes two to tango. You got to find a partner to do that, but I'm with Squid Billy. If Jalen Carter's there at eight, you've got to take him. And now Pitts, I should say, Smith has put himself in that conversation. Right. And by the way, you see the way the, the team respected him. You see the way the guys went bananas when he ran his forty yesterday. Yeah, and that went, means, that video went viral.
3: That's a foundation piece, and right. that's a lot of times on a defense, your middle linebacker and your edge rusher; those are the leaders. I, I'm not sure if I take Jalen Carter over him right now, and and only because I can't trust Jalen Carter. I can trust Nolan Smith.
1: And, again, this is going to be the conversation personal people are having about Jalen Carter unless there's going to be another surprise about this case, I, unless there's another shoe that's going to drop.
0: I, I think Nolan Smith is more mature right now in his growth as a player than where Jalen Carter is. Carter's more disruptive. We can talk about all the things you're going to have to do to try to defend him and slow him down. But from a maturity standpoint, it's not even close. And you don't have to ask me. Ask Kirby Smart about what Nolan Smith meant to the football team, and even though he couldn't play, his impact on guys this season as they won another national championship. Guys, he could have just said, I'm out. He stuck around. He was on the sideline. He was cheering his guys on. He was at practice. There was a maturity level that goes with that, knowing that you can't contribute. And then you go to the combine bow and you ball out like this? I'm taking him. I'm with you on this. Hands down, yeah, man, Mm -hmm. I'm taking him. And only because we need that. We need that on this team. Uh, Yeah. uh, A guy like
1: that, last time you'd have a guy like that would be like a Jesse Tuggle. You know what I mean? I mean, and I'm talking as far as leadership. Now, Jesse Tuggle doesn't have the physical stuff that this guy's bringing to the table. He was an undrafted free agent out of Valdosta State. I'm telling you what he became on this team.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean,
1: we thought that Debo was going to be that guy, but that didn't sustain.
3: Well, I think he was. I think he was at some point, but – i I, I'm, I think. I think he was at some point. I really do. But look. I. I don't know. I, put him. Resign. Rashawn Evans. Okay. This guy's your edge. Uh, mm-hmm. Cady's on the other side. Maybe Lorenzo's back. Maybe you got a grave in free agency. I. I don't know. And
1: all of a sudden, now you go from having no defense to having a really, really good defense, and maybe a defense that grows into being one but, of the best defenses in the league.
3: Because this isn't Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean is five eleven at best, two thirty. He's under. He's undersized for the middle linebacker. Yeah. He is not. He's not a sideline to sideline guy. This isn't the same thing.
1: And look, he may emerge at some point with the Eagles, but that was the big debate because guys didn't. They had no idea. Who, like, I didn't know who Tyler Anderson was. So that's that was more about knowing one guy who was well, you a Georgia still
3: don't player. it's Troy, but yeah, yeah it's okay. as I
1: said, his cousin Tyler. <laughs> See, the kid still gets no respect. <laughs> but that's the dude. Troy Anderson's a guy that's got tremendous upside and athleticism. But because you knew the brand of Nicobe Dean, and he fell all the way again, everybody else passed out. It wasn't just us.
0: Bears drafted uh, a couple of seasons ago. He's now with the Ravens. He just signed his deal. Roquan Smith. Is he better than Roquan?
3: Well, he's different than Roquan because Roquan is more of – Because a,
0: Roquan's a player.
3: Roquan's a more of an inside guy. He is. You know, he's more of, he's more of a sideline-to-sideline linebacker, whereas Nolan – talking about Nolan Smith. Correct. He is an edge player. I mean, that's, he's technically a defensive – but in the defense that we are running – which is the reason why you brought Nielsen in, he is a stand-up edge boy. He's Epicady. He might put his hand in the dirt a little bit. Now, that's the thing that worries me is you have to use him more or you would have to, like Dan Quinn has used Micah Parsons. You're you're right. But that's that's what you told me you hired Ryan Nielsen for is he knows how to use guys and get the most out of guys on the line. That's why he's here, right?
1: Right. Well again, if you now draft Luca Van Ness, there'll be a riot in this town based on what this guy just did at the combine. Well and again, he may even do even more he might even blow people away even more so at the Georgia Pro Day when they get to that later in March.
0: If this happens, or it was to happen on draft night, and we're a long way from it. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 929 the game. I am not going to be disappointed. No. Not at all.
3: No, I'm not either. And I can't say that I would have I've kind of taught myself into this based on what I've seen, and then you more you hear about Nolan Smith. And honestly, the more you hear about Jalen Carter is you know I'm still a Brise guy, I love him uh I think you know out of Clemson, I think he's a, he's I think he is a the nose tackle this team's been wanting, sure, but I don't know if he's going to be there all right real quick before we go. it at- really
1: comes down as you said the other day we've talked about it like if everybody goes quarterback or somebody wants to trade i mean if guys are trading up to get quarterbacks and a lot of these uh tremendous defensive players are going to be there for you at eight you don't, you don't even have to move up
3: and by the way, don't talk quarterback to me here. Unless it's Bryce Young and maybe C.J. Stroud, but other than that, the rest of these guys are. I mean, I, I, look, I'm a Florida guy a fan. I, I watched Anthony Richardson. Mm. He ain't ready. He ain't the, He 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 might perform He's got there. Got so much buzz though. Yeah. So did Trey Lance. How's that worked out? By the way, Anthony Richardson hurt a lot. In a, he, he reminds me a lot of Cam. But Cam he, was a lot more polished. And you know what Cam he said today
1: when he did his uh, press conference? He said he models his game after Cam Newton. And yeah. if you go back to Cam, who's a local kid, but Cam, remember, he could make those amazing 60 yard throws, but he'd miss somebody in the flat. He would miss the high percentage throw. That's kind of what Richardson was at, uh, at Florida.
3: Yeah, Richardson has no touch on his ball right now. He's an amazing player. He's fun. I mean, let me tell you something. You're going to enjoy mm-hmm. watching him, but that part, but I want to win games. Real quick, Ross Dellinger, um, reporter for college football, put out. What the slate, what the uh, rivalries could look like, your three teams are locked in every year for the SEC. This is based on when Texas and Oklahoma join. Georgia would have Auburn, Florida, and Kentucky every year. Florida would have Georgia, South Carolina, and Oklahoma every year, Mm. which – Basically takes out the LSU. Let's use it
1: now. Florida fans will be miserable that they basically took the Sooners and put them in. They've never – they've always felt it was unfair. They had to play the Tigers every year.
3: Well, that's okay. What's there right now? I mean, that's last year's Oklahoma. I'll play them every year. I mean, I'll play them ten times a year. <laughs> Alabama would play Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU, which is the way it should be, by the way. I agree. Texas would get OU – a&M. Arkansas. Arkansas. Yep. Wow. The old Southwest Conference. Yeah.
1: And that's the way it should
3: be. Right. Yeah. And Oklahoma, we get Texas, Missouri, and Florida. You guys have a problem with any None of those? None of it. No, it's good. Because because I like it.
0: You're creating, well, rivalries that were either <clears throat> born or have existed previously. And then the Oklahoma-Florida thing, you, you said it. I mean, yeah. listen, give me some new blood there. Give me something different. There's, there's bad blood, Oklahoma, or LSU, in Florida. I'm fine with all of that. And I think it helps the SEC.
3: Big yeah. time. I, so I haven't went through the entire thing. I will say that LSU's got old Miss, A&M, and Alabama. Mm. Uh, I'm okay with. It. I think that's all right.
1: Hey, by the way, I read a couple articles to Squid Billy's point about the nine-game conference schedule. Yeah. The reason is kind of dragging, foot dragging on this because their contracts are already in place with ESPN and ABC. They don't make any more money by playing an extra game in conference. Now, if they revisit that, maybe it has to go up to ten before that happens. But I still would love to see nine games. To me, I mean, let's and take away the, the you know the, the typical home coming games, Carl. The weeks in you know, the sisters of the poor, which you see, I think fans want to see. And if you're the SEC, it's not going to hurt your strength of schedule as far as the playoff because the playoff is going to expand anyway.
3: I'll tell you the one. I, real quick, we got to go, and uh, Chris is already. Got, we got Brandon Christalken up next from live from the combine. I don't like Tennessee's. I don't like the. What they got? What do they got? Vanderbilt, Bama, and South Carolina. Screw Vanderbilt or South Carolina, and put Georgia in there, and throw Kentucky out for Georgia, and put. I want to see Georgia-Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, Georgia-Tennessee. Every year, yeah. that's a matchup that used to mean something. It should again. All right, real quick, as always, uh, it's a Deuce and Bell Tailgate at home, so don't forget our friends at the Buckhead Butcher Shop <clears> and our friends at the W Sauce with the fire we where, well, bigger, better, bolder, and now spicier. Get over to WSauce.com, find a retailer near you. And if you're feeling some pains, get over to the Georgia Hemp Company, the georgiahempcompany.com, use the code Squidbilly10 for 10% off. Today, send us all of your pictures of your tailgate at home. Turtle, hit your boss's music.
1: By the way, we're right next to the backyard and barbecue section here at Ace Hardware. Perfect. Yeah, man, so come on down. Grab a spatula and hit uh, Swin Billy in the head with it. We'll be here until 7 o'clock on the south side on Old National Highway,
0: man. Coming up, we're going to the combine. What is the latest? Quarterbacks are going to work out. Guys are already talking about size. Who's crushing it? We're going to talk with Brandon Kristall next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.